What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick <clears throat> the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Hello. How are you doing this morning? Live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Thursday, February the 9th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 798 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, uh, why they'll be joining me at the end of the first hour today for the birthday game. Man, do we have a show for you today. And man, has there been a lot of stuff going on in sports? Joining me in less than 20 minutes. Heck, it might even be less than 15 minutes from right now. On the Spence Automotive guest line is our regular Thursday guest. He's the voice of University of Mount Olive Athletics, uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, and he's a lover of kitty cats and animals everywhere. It's Shane Albee. He'll be joining us. We've already been communicating. He's already sent me a, an audio file this morning that's uh, got me fired up, man. He's a, he's a good dude. And, uh, and a great uh, part of our weekly rotation here on, in the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show. Can't wait to have him, Shane Aubrey. He's going to help us get caught up on everything UMO. That's right. They've started uh, baseball there now. Uh, basketball is ramping up, uh, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to get a Super Bowl picks. Heck, I might even talk to him about the big trade that happened overnight. You're probably waking up right now. I was just looking on Twitter right before uh, we started the show and uh, there's a lot of people not aware that a blah, I mean, a super today is the uh, trade deadline for the NBA. And we've already had two super, uh, just blockbuster trades, both of them involving the, uh, Brooklyn nets, you know, about the Kyrie Irving trade that happened over the weekend. And Kyrie played last night for the first time, uh, alongside Reggie Bullock, uh, in Dallas. We'll get to that in a little bit but man overnight i tell you what let me tell you who our second guest is though because i am excited to have him here sitting across from me in our second hour uh he will be joining us here in our plush well-lit studio on whitehall drive it's the director of the kinston lenora county parks and recreation department Corey povar let me tell you something they have a ton of stuff going on over there uh it, with the department and in rec sports right now winter sports are wrapping up spring sports signups are underway that's just what they do with all the young kids, the thousands of kids that participate in uh, Parks and Rec here in Lenore County. But uh, let me tell you something. We've got the Freedom Classic coming up in two weeks. That's right, two weeks from tomorrow. The Freedom Classic is uh, back here in uh, Kinston. That's exciting. Uh, we're, we're selecting the next class of the Kinston-Lenore County Sports Hall of Fame. We had George Whitfield on yesterday, and we were talking about that. So just uh, a ton of stuff going on. And uh, Corey Povar is the man to uh, talk about all that. I think there's a daddy-daughter dance tonight going on over at the community center. I know that's where Jason Bryant's going to be with his uh, beautiful daughter. And I bet you Corey Povar will be there with his daughter too. But just a ton of stuff 
going on right now here in Kinston, Lenora County, and uh, Corey Povar, man, what well, is quickly, quickly becoming one of my favorite people here in uh, in Lenora County. Uh, we talked about him yesterday, uh, Coach Whitfield and I did about how here's this guy that came in, uh, came in from the outside, didn't really know anybody when he got here, and he has really carved out his own niche here in uh, Lenora County, following in the footsteps of a legend like Bill Ellis, and has just done a, a tremendous job, a tremendous job. And again, just can't wait to have him in here. He's a good guy. The conversation is uh, always easy. It's never forced, and I'm looking forward to having him. Uh, so again, Shane Albee in our first hour and uh, Corey Povar in our second hour, and that is going to be a heck of a show for you here today. Uh, I almost called Richard Clark because, I mean, there today is a trade deadline. You know, I may end up getting him on the line tomorrow. I know we're going to have Mark Panicelli on the show to talk about some of this NBA trade stuff, and he loves to talk NBA. But I tell you what, I may end up getting Richard uh, on the line with us for a couple minutes anyway because just another blockbuster trade, and I think there are going to be some more big trades coming down the line today too. Uh, I guess the trade deadline is at 3 o'clock today in the NBA and uh, it never disappoints, man. It seems like, uh, you know, you get the NFL trade deadline and maybe every six or seven years or so, you'll have an exciting day. Uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline is just, uh, it's not that exciting either. NHL trade deadline, I got to admit, I don't pay as close attention to it as probably, or I know I don't pay as close attention to it as uh, Paul Whittington and uh, Mark Panicelli do. And I guess there are times when it's pretty good, but man, the NBA trade deadline never disappoints. There's all, it seems like every year there's always a, that big blockbuster trade. We've already had two of them this year. And like I said earlier, uh, to, both of them have come from the Brooklyn nets. I mean, uh, Kyrie being traded from the nets to the Dallas Mavericks, uh, and, uh, paying immediate dividends already. And I really think, uh, this one too, with, uh, Kevin Durant being traded from, uh, Brooklyn, to Phoenix, that's right. The Phoenix Suns, who made uh, the uh, uh, the Western Conference semifinals last year, I think uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to it's going to pay immediate dividends. I really, really, honestly think so. But if you're just getting up and you're hearing this, you're like, "Whoa, what?" Yep, uh, the uh, Phoenix Suns last night acquired Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren from Brooklyn. They gave away Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, former Carolina guy. Jay Crowder and four unprotected future first round picks, uh, including this year's 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. And they're going to swap picks in the 2028 uh, uh, draft. That, in my friends, is a blockbuster. And yes, Phoenix is going to be <coughs> up near the top definitely this year. I think, I think this is the uh, trade that maybe pushes them to the top or definitely challenging Denver for uh, the Eastern Conference, or I'm sorry, the Western Conference uh, championship this year. I mean, Kevin Durant still, I mean, he may be 33, 34 years old, but still one of the five, six best players in the NBA. And uh, I just think it's going to be a, uh, it's a heck of a trade. Yeah, they got rid of a lot of depth. I was, like I said, I was looking at Twitter before we got started and, and the great Rod Bridgers who, I think the world of and knows as much about the NBA as anybody other not named Richard Clark in my life. And, uh, he was like, yeah, this is a great trade, but it really kills the depth for Phoenix this year. And he's right. I mean, when you get, when you lose Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, uh, those are three very valuable players for the Phoenix Suns. And, 
Uh, I think it's going to hurt them if they get anybody hurt. And I, well, I tweeted back at him and I'm like, listen, uh, Chris Paul is hurt all the time. It seems like, especially, I mean, he, what is he like 60 years old now? So, uh, I mean, he's going to be hurt all the time. So anyway, I think it's a great trade. If everybody stays healthy for Phoenix, I think this is the kind of trade that propels them into, uh, into definitely the Western conference finals, I think at the very least, and it may be. Might even send them to the uh, NBA finals. But then again, look what uh, Dallas did, <laughs> you know, with Kyrie. Here's the thing that gets me. Not only does this hurt uh, the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. I mean, they're they're going all out. I mean, they're they're in a fire cell right now. They're getting rid of their studs. They're piling up draft picks, that's for sure. But um, it hurts the Eastern Conference, too. Uh, here are two players that were supposed to be uh, – playing in the uh, All-Star game, in the uh, NBA All-Star game. What does this mean? I asked this about Kyrie Irving. Uh, Keith Spence, if you know, I know you're listening right now. Dude, hit me up and let me know because I don't know. Uh, Now the Eastern Conference has lost two of its starters. Uh, What does this mean, dude, player? I I don't know what it means, but uh, that's why, you know, we're going to call Richard for a couple minutes tomorrow. And we're going to get the lowdown and all that. But again, here's what gets me. Uh, you remember the Brooklyn Nets? They put together this super team of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. And uh, according to ESPN, they played together for a total of 16 games. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then James Harden, uh, 16 games together. Now we've got a super team in the West uh, with Phoenix, with Durant. Devin Booker, one of the best pure starter or pure shooters in uh, the NBA. I think that's pretty exciting. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, just uh, he's going to go down in history as one of the three or four best uh, point guards. He's still got some game in him. And then we keep forgetting DeAndre Ayton, who was the overall number one pick, what, three years ago, four years ago, has already got the Supermax contract. I don't know how Phoenix is paying all these players to start with Durant, Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. I see what they're doing there in Phoenix. I see like what Dallas has done. I see these teams that are active. It just makes me wonder about the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, if if Phoenix can do this, if Phoenix can put together, there that's got to be four Supermax contracts there together. If Phoenix can do that, why can't Charlotte do something like that? And I know if you're listening right now, you're probably like, oh, you know, they're trying to lose right now to, to get in the Winnie Bobby, or and I never can say his name right, but the French player who's going to be the number one overall pick this year. I know they're trying to get in that sweepstakes, but goodness gracious, I'd love to see Charlotte just, I'd love to see Michael Jordan just open up the checkbook and just start signing players and, and put us together a, a rock star team over in Charlotte. I, I just don't get why, you know, someone who was as maniacal as he was on the court as a uh, basketball player is nowhere near that as an owner. And maybe, you know, it's easy for me to say it's not my money that's being spent there, but I don't know. I just don't get it. But anyway, a uh, big trade, like I said last night, Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns, and that is uh, the big news this morning as we start out the show. Uh, how about, uh, let, let's just uh, segue over to Reggie Bullock and the, uh, Dallas Mavericks last night, a big, big one ten to one Oh four win in LA against the Clippers. Kyrie Irving was in the starting lineup. Uh, they are now 30 and 26 overall. They're in fourth place in the Western conference, but Reggie was phenomenal last night. And, uh, be sure to check out, uh, RL Bynum's, uh, he, he, you know, he does a Tar Heel Tribune, and he's got a, a nice piece on uh, what Reggie did last night, too. But Reggie was phenomenal last night. He started the game alongside uh, Kyrie Irving, and he finished with 18 points, 
five rebounds, six assists, and two steals, and he played a game-high 41 minutes. He played more minutes than anybody for the Clippers or for the Mavericks. And uh, just, uh, man, he's coming together at the right time. They did a big thing on him, uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks hometown broadcast. You know, I'm a league pass guy like Richard, and uh, I got to, they did a nice little two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute package on Reggie and how, and he does every single year. He'll He's cold in October. He starts heating up November and December, and sure enough, here we are in uh, February, but January and February, and uh, shooting uh, the best of best shooting in his career right now was six of twelve from the three point line last night in that game, and again, uh, eighteen points, five rebounds, six assists, and two steals for Reggie. Uh, they play at Sacramento Friday and Saturday night, and both of game, both of those games will be at ten o'clock. So uh, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably get to watch a little bit of both of them with neither one of them being a, a show night or you know a school night where I've got to get up at five o'clock the next morning. So uh, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, how about uh, Brandon and the New Orleans Pelicans? They are at home tomorrow uh, versus Cleveland. That game will be on ESPN at ten o'clock. So I'll have the Pelicans on one of the TVs. I'll have the Mavericks on another one of the TVs. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that's uh, your NBA uh, update. How about Lenore Community College yesterday? Uh, the baseball team remains undefeated. They are now two and zero. They won yesterday six to four over a very good Lewisburg College team. I told you going into the game yesterday that I really thought uh, the game against Lewisburg was going to be a harbinger of things to come. I mean, Lewisburg is a very solid program up there. They've got a, a former LCC baseball player and Green Central baseball player that's the head coach in Blake Herring. And uh, Lewisburg year in, year out is really good as a, a NJCAA Division One team. And for uh, LCC to win that game against them, pretty big deal, 6-4. to four. Go to Junius Smith III's encmoments.com. He has a story up there about it, um, and check that out. I mean, he's got a, a, a full-blown story. Check it out. You can read all about that game. And listen, uh, do, do, my, do my dude a favor over at uh, encmoments.com. Uh, if you like the work that he does, and I know you do, if you're listening to this show, you appreciate Junius Smith III. Hey, drop, drop him a few, uh, you know, drop him some jelly beans. Uh, drop him a few dineros, some shekels. And uh, show him that you appreciate it. It's easy to say, hey, you know what? I, I know he works hard at this that, and the other. You know what? Drop him 10 bucks. Drop him 20 bucks on his Venmo or on uh, PayPal or uh, Cash App or however you want to do it. I mean, the, the man basically, yeah, he's got a few sponsors, but he really counts on people helping him. And uh, please do that today. But, uh, again, go to encmoments.com. Visit his advertisers. That's what I always tell you to do on this show. Visit my advertisers. Tell them how much you appreciate uh, that they advertise here on the Brian Hanks Show and WRNS uh, 960 The Bull, 960thebull.com. You could do the same thing with ENC Moments. Look at the advertisers that he has on there. Go and visit them. Tell them that uh, you found out about them on uh on you know on encmoments.com i know junius would appreciate that because like i said i know i appreciate it when you guys do it with me now i do know if you go to spence automotive and you uh, mentioned the brian hank show i think spence adds on an extra 10 percent. i hope he doesn't do that but i've heard that rumor out there so uh, i don't know if i would mention the brian hank show i'm joking of course you know that but uh listen speaking of our sponsors before we get into our uh college players and coaches man jerry stackhouse had a big win yesterday Let's talk about Lenore Community College for almost 60 years. 
uh, or almost 65 years. Let me get that right here. Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. You'll find out how you can change your life today. And again, uh, thank you so much, Richie Honeycutt and Dr. Rusty Hunt and all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We truly do appreciate them. Could not do it without them. Uh, hey, hometown heroes, uh, let's see here. You know, Trez and Carolina, they lost Sunday night. They are at home Saturday versus unranked Clemson. Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon, they play tonight. They're on a four-game winning streak. They've won six of the last seven games. They're at home versus Claflin from Orangeburg, South Carolina. That game is at 8 o'clock tonight. And Claflin's the last team that beat Winston-Salem State, who is 16-5 overall, 8-4 in the CIAA Southern Division. That game is tonight. And then Saturday at 4 o'clock, Linda, I, uh, a whole bunch of uh, people from Sassy's are going to be going to uh, Fayetteville. Uh, Takima Parson, all those folks, uh, uh, judge Annette Turek. We already have our tickets, the judge, Linda and I, we already have our tickets. Very excited about that. But that game is Saturday at four o'clock at Fayetteville state. So we're pretty excited about uh, that game on Saturday. Uh, then, uh, Damian Dunn in Temple last night, uh, they lost their second straight game after a four game winning streak. They lost at SMU last night, 72 to 71. Uh, Damian came off the bench again. I just, I don't get that, but it is what it is. Uh, the coach at Temple still taking them off the bench, but they dropped 14 and 11, uh, eight and four in the AAC. And uh, Damian, like I said, came off the bench. He finished with 11 points, five rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block shot, and he played a team high 34 minutes for the Owls. Uh, the next game that Temple plays is going to be on Super Bowl Sunday at noon at Memphis. That game will be on ESPN two. Uh, Rujan Walters and Greensboro, uh, the Greensboro College Pride, uh, they're at home against North Carolina Wesleyan Saturday at 2. Ashanti Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, who've been off, it feels like, for a month, but it's really been about two weeks. They uh, play Saturday versus Norfolk State. <clears throat> Amaji Dodd, former Green Central star in Charleston Southern, they lost their third straight game last night at South Carolina Upstate. They lost, or Upstate, they uh, lost that game 77-60. to Amaji had one foul in uh, two minutes of action. He only played two minutes, but they are home versus Radford Saturday at 530. How about Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt? Last night, uh, they win on a buzzer beater versus number six, Tennessee, 66 to 65. They're now 12 and 12 overall. They're five and six in the SEC. They're at Florida Saturday at 3.30 p.m. And I think we got time to do this. We'll play this real quick. This is from the uh, SEC Network uh, last night, uh, talking about uh, that big win. Starting to get a little wacky. Kamwa, tough bucket, top of the key, nails it. Tennessee up by two. Now, 30 seconds to go. Robin's going to miss the shot. Loose ball. Tennessee recovers. Vanderbilt has to foul. Eventually, they get there. The problem is that's only the third team foul. They still need to have four more fouls to get Tennessee into shooting free throws. Tennessee inbounding. 
This time, Julian Phillips has an easy bucket. It's over. Oh. What? What? What just happened? Stack's like, really? Really? Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so eight seconds left. Vescovy, top of the one and one, misses it. Vanderbilt, a chance to win. Five seconds left. They'll take a timeout. Stack draws up this play. Gets it over to Liam Robbins. Great drive by Mignon to find the open Tyron Lawrence. And bang! How about that? Just a great, great win last night for Jerry Stackhouse. And the, the craziest play of all of those, you heard them describing it there, was that uh, that uh, <laughs> the, the Tennessee player has an open layup. I mean, no one within five feet of him with eight seconds left. If he'd have laid it up, they won't, they're up 67-63. There's really nothing Vanderbilt could have done at that point. Instead, he just circles out from underneath the basket and doesn't take the shot. It was a shot. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, nobody could believe it. And, uh, and you saw what happened there, or you, if you saw, you heard what happened there. It was just amazing that, uh, that that's the way that game ended last night. And, uh, we're getting our good friend, sugar Shane, all be on the line with us right now, because, uh, listen, you can't talk about university of Mount Olive athletics without talking to the man himself, uh, sugar, Shane, Albee, and, uh, a tough loss last night, uh, Shane as Dory Hines and UMO, uh, fall to eight and 16 overall six to 10 in conference Carolinas as they lose at Chawan last night. 112 to 92. Just, uh, I know you weren't at the game, but I'll guarantee you, I bet you watched some of it on the Conference Carolinas feed. What happened in the game last night with the Trojans? I was an absolute track meet. And uh, as Dory would say, we're getting tired of having these conversations, Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute track meet. It's like Mount Olive shot better, uh, shot well, Chowan, Chowan, as they say. And let me tell you, people from that university and associated with that part of the state are very peculiar about how they, how, how, uh, cause people say, I'll tell you what, we got Chowan University coming. It's Chowan. <laughs> Get it right. Yeah, they're very Dude, peculiar that's about why how you I say. gotta tell you, I bet I've pronounced it eight different ways. I mean, I've, I've said yeah. Chowan, you know, cause it does. It looks <laughs> like Chowan. It could be, uh, you know, Chowan, I, whatever, dude. I think it is Chowan, though, right? They say Ch- I heard the guy, our play-by-play announcer last night, saying Chowan. Okay. They say like Chowan, and that's an Indian tribe. You know what? I don't care how anybody else says it. By God, Shane Albee. I mean, how does Sugar Shane Albee say it when Chowan visits uh, Carnegie Arena? How does he say it? He says it like this. I <laughs> 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 uh, you know I have I'm glad they're in the conference Carolinas because for a long time you know Mount Olive we always played them but they were always uh, for a long time they I want to say they were in they were in the CIAA Christ- weren't they well I, yes and before that they were like a Christian conference like okay. a, I forget okay. what it was called because you had um, North Greenville was a part of that conference too and Erskine actually plays I think even to this day has dual membership in both the conference Carolinas and that, cause it'll be like, you know, um, we'll be in carry, you know, at the world series in carry and Erskine will be playing in some tournament. I'm like, ah, oh, didn't you finish like six in the conference Carolinas and you're, <laughs> and you're, you're still, you're in the, you're in a double elimination tournament, but, um, but yeah, but, but they were, but they need to be geographically because geographically the majority of the conference Carolinas traditionally have always been the Western part. And in South Carolina, and so now, you know, now we've got them, the school in Wilson, and us on the east side, you know, 
And let me tell you, I don't know who won the game last night. I was watching it, but the school in Wilson and UNC Pembroke went at it last night uh, in uh, in Pembroke, and BC had a big lead early on in that game and was taking it to UNC Pembroke, and that was that's a critical that was a critical battle for the standings at the top of the conference, Carolinas. Well, I tell you what, dude, you, you keep you keep talking, my friend. I'm going to look it up for you. Okay, keep going. You're the man. Thank you, the man. See, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Google, we, you know, if we were going to school these days, you could no longer be like, you know what, teacher, I would have done my book report, but the library had no power. You can't say that now. No, yeah. you cannot. You absolutely cannot. No. Let me see. Uh, last night, uh, oh my goodness, uh, the, the, those dudes from UNC Pembroke won ninety-three to seventy-four. Wow, a tale of two halves because they were. Uh, the school in Wilson was taking it to them. And it's just, and that's a, you know what? Yeah, you need to make that so popular that when you Google that school in Wilson, that is what comes that up. That school. Dude. They tried to make me go to, listen, they tried to make me go to Barton, but I said, oh, no, no, no. Dude, you're on drugs. Uh, they are now, how about yeah. this? Ed? And uh, UNC Pembroke now, dude, 24 and 1. Yeah, I noticed one, last, dude. I know. I noticed last night, Brian. The uh, Mount Olive game, the, the men's game, got a little late start because, quite frankly, the ladies' game went really, really long. It was a. I heard the play-by-play announcer say, "Man, we've had a lot of whistles in this game, and uh, a lot of a lot of whistles and a lot of timeouts." And so the men's game didn't get started to close to seven forty-five last night. And wow. so I flipped over on the conference Carolinas digital network. <laughs> I flipped over. I flipped over to the, you can watch any game in the conference Carolinas, not just the great Mount Olive Trojans. So I just flipped over and I said, well, let's see what's going on with BC and UNCP. <laughs> and I was, and I noticed that the UNCP had the number five beside its name. And I was like, whoa, they've moved up in the, the rankings, you know, so they were ace and now they're Number five in the country. Well, dude, doggone you, twenty four and one. You should be uh, yeah. nationally ranked, don't you think? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But let me tell you, when you when you get in there in the elite eight against these teams from all over the country, they're just as good as they could beat most division one schools. You know, that are not ranked in the top yeah, twenty five. Yeah, no, 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 no. I understand. You mean schools like Carolina? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that. I'm telling you, I'm feeling that pain right now, too, man. I'm at work yesterday, and a buddy I went to college with is messaging me like, you know, like I'm the spokesman. You know, no further questions. You know what I mean? Let's circle back to that. You know, he's asking me, like, will we ever return to glory? Will we ever win again? You know what I mean? And he's asking me, well, he's asking me that after Mount Olive Baseball's uh, went to play Catawba the other day, and just we just lost a 12-5 game up at Catawba. And I'm not a bit phased by that, you know what I mean? But, you know, Mount Olive baseball fans are spoiled, myself included. And, you know, for many years, you know, it was with those powerhouse teams under Carl Lancaster and those teams that went to the World Series, uh, the Division National Championship in 08 and 2011, and the teams in between were pretty stacked. And so – Oh, heck, just, dude, and the dude, other you team. talk about Lenore County connections, dude. Paul Novicki and our yep. coaches that are over here right now at uh, at North Nor and South Nor. I mean, there is a you've got to be as a UMO guy, Shane. You've got to be kind of proud of all the connections that we have. Heck, uh, Steve Mintz, who was the Down East Wood Ducks manager last year and the pitching coach forever. I mean, we have a ton, a ton of UMO connections oh, over here. No, oh no doubt. I mean, one of your assistant coaches, Coy Barnett, him and his brother Hunter played at Mount Olive and. And um, so you, you do this. And, of course, 
It was so cool. Yeah. By, by the way, how about them? How about them Lancers, man? I saw one day. That was a quality win over the over the over the Canes yesterday, man. That is a quality. Look, Mount Olive, we've gotten some great players in Lewisburg over the years too. Well, I'm telling you, dude, I've declared it now, and I hope they don't get mad at me over at LCC. I mean, I don't think they will. He loves. I mean, you know that. Uh, Coach Smith loves these expectations, dude. I'm not joking, Shane. I've got the same feeling going into this year that I did going into 2004 and 2006 and what 2010 or whenever it was when they made the World Series. I'm not joking. I mean, he had he has assembled some talent, and I, I tell you what, I want to talk UMO baseball in a minute. I really do. I do want to wrap up uh, UMO basketball though before we. Uh, yeah, I will that. tell you. Um, shout out Michael Brown, man. He he was two two rebounds away from a triple double wow. uh, last night, and so you got to throw your hat up to him. He was Mount Olive actually. Both teams shot 35 percent from the floor from three point land. Mount Olive shot 45 percent from the floor in the game. Chawan shot 56% from the floor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chawan, Chawan's got some athletes. They really do. And I saw them. I saw, I'm going to alternate. And that's another I love one. it. I love Wingate. it. Yeah, you keep doing that. We, we do the same thing with Wingate and Wingate. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's another one that, that goes back and forth. How about Winthrop and Winthrop? I've heard it pronounced both ways, <laughs> wow. too, in, uh, in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. But let me ask you this. I mean, you are our UMO expert. There's one, two, three, four regular season games left. How does Conference Carolina's uh, or Carolina's Conference, however you say it, their tournament set up? Do they? Does everybody get to play in it? Is it just so many teams? No, how does that work? Top top eight seeds. Okay, and I want to say the first the first first couple of rounds are at the higher seed, and then they all go down to Wofford. I think <laughs> Wofford and, and South Carolina is there's another one probably that hosts the uh, that hosts the uh, semifinals down there. In neutral ter- territory. Okay, I just like I said, I didn't know how that worked out, and you being our, uh, uh, you know, our uh, UMO expert and our Conference Carolinas ep- expert, I wanted to see how that worked out. God, where where do we stand? I mean, you know what? I'm gonna Woo! put your feet to the fire. Four games left. Uh, home versus Lee's McRae on Saturday at four o'clock. Win or lose? That's Shane Alvey laying in his bed at six o'clock in the morning with the cell phone to his face, going, "Holy crap, where are we now?" Um, I love it. Let me. Well, I'll tell you. The, well, we dropped to ninth place last night with that loss to Cho Chowan. Okay. And uh, and so, uh, but we're a, a game behind, uh, or we're actually like right tied. Our game behind Lee's McRae, the Bobcats are coming in this Saturday. It'll be Senior Day for Mount Olive. We play at two and four. We got to win that. That's a winnable game. Um, they're in eighth place. We're in ninth place. Wow. If we win that, we're in eighth place. They're in ninth place. However, the 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 season I was looking at Lee, Lee's McRae the rest of the way and us the rest of the way, and there's both wins and losses staring us in the face going forward. You know, so you know it's every game is critical. You know, and Mount Olive's got to play Belmont Abbey again. Not looking forward to that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You know, so, um, and we got Emmanuel coming in and you, and let me tell you something about Emmanuel has always been really good in basketball. It's just something about, you know, those folks from the Pentecostal holiness religion, they <laughs> love basketball. They, they fly on out there with the Holy ghost and there you go. But no, they've always been really good in basketball. And, and, uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, that you look at the score last night, ninety-two points to one twelve. That's like an NBA game, you know. And and so, but Mount Olive's just got to defend, you know. I love it, you know. We're courtside. There's a uh, one of the guys on the Mount Olive team, Shane Peterson, and I'm courtside, and 
you'll hear uh, Dory say, Court Shane! Court Shane! <laughs> and and, and, and at the, I want to do something. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do you need? What do you need? You know what I mean? But it's it's that guy, you know. You're ready um, to jump in and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's see. Uh, so just real quick, Lee's McRae, uh, Emmanuel College, a home game on uh, Thursday, February the sixteenth. Right. Then uh, at you end the season at Erskine, and then at Francis Marion, two and two the rest of the way, three and one the rest of the way. What are you thinking? I say two and two minimum. Okay, uh, two and two most likely. And I think Lee's McRae has Belmont Abbey, and Lee's McRae's got to go to King. They got King, um, so um, there's it can happen. It's right there. I mean, it's, it's at their fingertips. Dude, I would love to see Mount Olive. Dory Hines and Mount Olive just shocked the world over this last four game stand and make it to the tournament and and shock a couple of people on that too. Okay, we're here for a good time, not a long time, as we always say. I want to talk a little UMO baseball, and uh, we we kind of kind of talked about it. we kind of started on it there in a second dude <laughs> i'm going to set the over under at 42 and a half uh players that are pictured in the uh umo baseball official team picture would you take the over or the under i'll take the over yes that's a good idea dude they're 47 47 yeah. play dude that's a big roster that's a big roster <laughs> dude yeah sorry. Four, I don't know if I've ever seen a college team with 47 players. And I'm not denigrating UMO at all. I mean, that, it is. Oh, no. But I was excited about saying, you know, we've got a Green Central player there. We've got John Howard, uh, the player of the year from Lenore County last year who uh, plays for UMO. Or, you know, he's on the UMO roster. He didn't play in the first game. Just uh, You're right, dude. Year in, year out. And it's just something that uh, with all the winning that has taken place up there at Mount Olive, uh, you expect – that uh, year in, year out, that the Trojans are going to be uh, not just top of the conference, but they're going to be a nationally ranked, a nationally, uh, you know, a team that could play for a national championship at the end of the season. It's almost like ECU is over in Greenville, or even North Lenore is in the prep ranks over here in Lenore County. But your expectations for the UMO baseball team this year, Shane? Well, I'll tell you, it's funny. I was listening to your interview yesterday, or yesterday or the day before, when you had George. This was George Whitfield on, and he said it real best when he said, "When he said, it's hard to get to Omaha, and it's about that hard." Good impression. Thank you. Thank you. Not bad. I need to work on it. Um, (laughs) Actually, he he can actually do. uh, I can actually do uh, several other people that are. Not mentioned, not relevant to this conversation, but um, <laughs> but he um, but they but they've gone to a uh, the division two. Now they don't do it like division one, where like East Carolina could become like a two seed in a regional in Tennessee. You know they do it. They'll stay at home. They'll stay in the in the region in the area. But they've gone now to two. Um, after the conference tournaments, they've gone to two mini regionals, and then a super regional, and then carry. Um. And then Cary has become a true double elimination tournament, um, whereas it used to not be. It was a double elimination until you got to championship day, and whatever two teams were left, they played a one-game winner-take-all, and they don't do that anymore. Um, so it has become a lot harder. And so, for example, you take North Greenville, for example. Though that team is loaded with South Carolina, a lot of South Carolina Division One transfers, yeah. a lot of transfers yeah. from, from – uh, let's just say the SEC um, – Coach Landon Powell is a former major leaguer. He is an alumnus of the University of South Carolina. He has a popularity, a lot of connections, and he's got a lot of guys that are like, 
Because let me tell you something, and every college baseball player listening to my voice will agree with this. I don't care if you're playing for Wayne Community College and they don't even have a team. I'm telling you, you don't care what level you play on as long as you get to play and you've got a chance to get a ring. I mean, there's nothing they want more than a championship ring. They want to win it. They want to win it all. They want to be a champion. And that's why a lot of those guys will be like, you know what, I'm going to transfer to North Greenville because they just won. They got a better shot at winning a national championship than South Carolina does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of those Division two guys, they get looked at. You know, they get picked up. A lot oh, of great talent it, comes. And you know this, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, dude, but you know this better than anybody. If you're good, they're going to come find you. I don't care if you're playing that's at the University of Mount Olive right. or at Louisiana right. State University or wherever. They're, the, the scouts are going to find you, aren't they, Shane? There is a guy in the New York Yankees bullpen right now that played – for Division II, Lynn University, Tommy Canely making his second stint with the Yankees. But, yeah, Tom, I, I PA'd for him 2009. I remember this kid. He was a, he was a freshman. He threw 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and the ball the, – yep, the ball – and the, Lynn won the national championship uh, that year in 2009, right after Mount Olive did. That was the first year in Cary. And I got to PA for him, and – the ball was either going to go right down the middle and you weren't going to see it or it was going to go in the parking lot. <laughs> but, but he has gotten a lot better, man. Tommy Canely, that's a bulldog, man. That guy is, that guy is uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a beast. But he played for Division Two. Look, the Baltimore Orioles have a guy in their starting rotation. Played for the Yankees. Played for Towson State. Transferred to Mount Olive. Bruce, Bruce Zimmerman, well, you know. I'm telling you this, dude, if they can, if major league baseball teams can scout high schools as well as they do, and I think they do a pretty good job of it too. I mean, if they can get players, if they're drafting players out of high school, then if you could, I mean, heck you, you see them drafting players out of community colleges, you know, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're good, I promise you major league baseball is going to find you for sure. Listen, uh, one, so, uh, just give me the UMO overview real quick. Uh, in baseball, I, I know pick third to finish in conference Carolina's number 12 nationally. It's just, uh, what are your thoughts? What, what do you, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What do you see happening with this UMO team as we're doing sort of a little mini preseason preview here? Well, interesting is they're going to be really strong in the mound on, uh, on the, uh, weekend games. Like the game we played against Catawba the other day was an example of how we typically are in the midweek. You know, we, we threw one of our starters for the first two innings and held them to no hits in the first two innings. And then we brought Johnny in, and that was the end of that. Johnny Holstaff, you know what I mean? And yeah. Catawba's always been the Western version of us. Catawba, that's a class act organization, and they have always been. Their baseball team, you'll never hear the, the, the mouth off and stuff. I mean, Jim Gant's got a quality organization, always has. Yeah. And, and, um, they just put their heads down to play ball. So it wasn't a shock to bring, you know, mid. And that was our first seed. I don't know why, but Catawba had already played three games. You know what I mean? And then we come in, and then guess what? Mount Olive series this weekend at home against Shippensburg has been canceled. because I saw that. The, what was the reasoning? Yeah. Shippensburg canceled. Oh. Shippensburg, the, our Alex King was telling me that Shippensburg's like, look, if we can't play three games, we're not playing. We're heading back to Pennsylvania. Wow. So, and we do have yeah. some weather coming in. I mean, that's one thing that yeah. uh, you heard Gary Smith talk about yesterday with LCC's weekend schedule. They got a doubleheader scheduled for Saturday and then a single game on a Super Bowl Sunday, ironically enough. And uh, weather looks like it's going to be pretty bad Friday and Saturday. Uh, listen, we'll leave you with this. I need the, I need 
the Shane Albee Super Bowl preview. Who you got? Why do you have them? Uh, tell uh, what, what are you doing for Super Bowl? You you partying? What are you doing? Oh man, uh, I'll probably um, probably get some snacks, man, and some cold beverages, and <laughs> I may even have it. Depending on the weather, I may have a, a UMO softball doubleheader uh, Sunday, but. Their soft the softball field they can't hail hold any rain. Yeah, we're, I think they're supposed to play Virginia Union, um, but based on the weather that looks like it's coming in, it's, uh, outside of indoor sports, it ain't happening. I wanted to tell you real quick too, but I'm definitely gonna watch. I got the Chiefs in this one. Man. Okay. Trust okay. me, I'm an I'm an NFC I'm an NFC guy, but man, I I'd love to see the Chiefs win it. Um, but going back to what you were saying earlier, I just wanted to comment. Listen to yesterday. You know, a lot of those guys on the LCC team, you know, several of them played for Wayne County Post 11, uh, like Tyler Thompson and Alex Davis. Um, you get guys like that, and it's so cool. Like, when you were like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to throw Tyler Thompson to start the game. I could just hear <laughs> I could just hear Tyler's uh, walk out in my head. Uh, and I was – and it's just, it's just how you go today. You hear their names, and they're like, yeah, there's that. Here's walk out. But I knew they would be tough in that game because Tyler's a – Tyler's a horse, man. He'll 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 take the game on his shoulders. You know what I mean? If you have to, he'll throw 150 pitches if you let him. Dude, I love it. I love it. the old days. Hey, speaking of 150 pitches, how about I, t- I think I've told you this before the 185, 190 pitch game that Paul Novicki threw when he was at South Lenore against Aiden Grifton. Wow, I believe it. Let me tell you, he <laughs> saved us in the 08 World Series too. He, he just a <laughs> he stud. Saved us. They brought him in. They brought him in a little premature uh, in a game against Ashland University. They they were swinging the bats really good. They had beaten just knocked Tampa out, and so we we had to face him. And our starter was cruising until the fifth inning. All things went south, and they brought Novicki in, and that just that crafty left-hander came in and and uh, who who couldn't hit did. who couldn't hit eighty five if his life depended on it. Probably, yeah, you know what? I'm probably underestimating a little bit. He couldn't hit eighty six or eighty seven. Definitely, I don't know if he ever hit ninety. But he was just so good. He could put the ball where he yeah. wanted to put it. His yeah. his arm was made of rubber. I mean, if you needed him to go, you know, 120, 130 pitches, I mean, he could do it, I mean, without even thinking that's about it. Really, that's really the key in a tournament because, because Mount Olive's focus really is to win the weekend series. And our starting rotation is really good. Hunter Stevens is back. He had Tommy John. That's a major league draft pick. We've got Caleb Irwin back. He's absolutely nasty. You know, um, Mount Olive's got some really good starting pitching. They got Joe Justin Kohler out of the bullpen. I mean, they got some guy, and he throws very hard. Um, but what really did it for Mount Olive in 08 was those guys that could come in between the starters in a tournament. If you ever fall into the loser's bracket in any type of regional or championship, you go find out how good your pitching is real quick because you need those guys that can come off – you know, be like, they don't even know they're going to start until an hour before the game because yeah. you're like, and Mount Olive had about five guys in that on that 08 team that could just be called on like Pat Ball, Paul Novicki, Weston Curls, Anthony Hernandez, who's friends with uh, John Clemens, by the way. Wow. Those guys, those guys could just come in on a moment's notice and give you two or three quality innings and keep the other team at bay. You know, uh, um, and that's what, that was just, that was what was so critical. And that's really where Mount Olive has struggled here lately. Uh, is bringing in those guys that can come in if your starter gets knocked out in the third or fourth inning. It's like, uh-oh, what like, do we do now? Dude, you can never have too many arms. That's for absolute sure. Nope. Listen, I hate to do this, dude. Uh, we got to get uh, – again, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And when Shane Hall comes around, we always – <laughs> we have a good time. Man, thank you so much, dude. I will talk to you soon, okay?
All right, buddy. We'll see you around the flip, on the flip side. On the flip side. That's Shane Alvey from the University of Mount Olive in the Down East Wood Ducks. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour right after that. Today is Thursday, February the 9th in the year of the Lord 2023. That's right, Jonathan Massey. I see you doing math over there. Uh, no, I was just <laughs> pretending I was somewhere else. Oh, okay. No, we want you here. <laughs> Be here with us. You had a perfect game yesterday, your 30th perfect game in the history of the birthday game and uh dude i'm just i'm giddy you know i'm excited about that well, i'm excited too brian but i tell you you didn't ask where i was pretending i was where were you pretending you were i was pretending i was at the office innovation center down at go eco office automation well that's got to be the quickest we've jumped into the sponsor just so happens they sponsor this segment that how they, did you know that i pay attention <laughs> there you go because they pay they do Anyway, GoEco Office Automation, fine company. The Office Innovation Center is not of this century. And it's not the last century, and it's not even the next century. It's like two or three centuries ahead of where we are right now. Jock Paslick may be a, a office automation salesman time traveler, and I'll tell you what, he's got it down to a science. If you want to be as thrilled with your office automation experience as Brian has been, has been with his and that beautiful Canon MF420 copier that technically doesn't belong to him, um, <laughs> then you need to, then he's you, not wrong. Then you need to give Jock a call. At? 252-286-286-53-53-54. That's awesome. Doesn't he have a website too, though? I think he might have two, Brian. What are they? Uh, I believe one is GoEcoNC.com, and the other is WhatIsGoEco.com. But I think they direct you to the same place, but still. I don't know. I've never tried it. I've got Jock's personal cell phone number. Why would I use <laughs> oh, that's website? true. That's true. <laughs> you all right over there, Dizzle? I was. We made it a minute and a half in. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, how has your last 24 hours been after uh, losing, after being shut out, after Jonathan's 30th perfect game in the history of the birthday game? Uh, well, really, by the time I got out of the room here, I totally forgot about it until you just <laughs> mentioned it now. I gotta so be it honest, had no effect on me whatsoever. It felt like it had been a week. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It might have been. There's this thing called time travel. Hold on. Here's our first hint. He's a, He was a lead singer of this band. Come Frankie, on, John Frank, Dawson, tell us. Frankie goes to Hollywood. But his name's not Frankie. I have no idea. I don't like this band, so I don't have any emotional investment in their history or their members. People can't see your mind. I know. This It's Holly Johnson. His name is Holly Johnson, the lead singer of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Okie dokie. Yeah. Uh, I have a great story after graduation. Am I going to have to edit school. this? No, 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 okay. no, no. But uh, no, I it's bought embarrassing it. for him, but no. <laughs> I went to her house. No, no, no. It's not that kind of story, okay? No, I bought, I had a, we went to Myrtle Beach, you know, after graduation, and I had a relaxed t shirt. Oh, I, that I is wish kind I, of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss that T-shirt. Not that I could fit in it now by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a really cool T-shirt. And I also had an Oakley. Uh, now it would say relax. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. Good stuff. If I didn't do it, he was going to. I don't mind. I don't mind. You? Why don't? Why didn't you? This is the only song I know by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. But why do you not like this? It's just not my type of 
I don't dig the song. Nothing about it appeals to me. Not the lyric, the music, nothing. Hit me, Hit me with your laser beam. I mean, this is just a drum beat for freaky people on ecstasy to jump up and down to at a club. So if you're Man. into that, God bless. Just <laughs> don't drive. Yeah, every, for people who don't don't see through your speaker, Massey's pointing at things. There you go. Okay, uh, Jonathan Massey, you get to go first here. Holly Johnson of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Today is his birthday. 67. You say 67. What do you say, Dizzle? 66. He was born February the 9th in the year of the Lord, 1960. So he's 63 today. So, huh? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's bad enough that they're doing it. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. Dude. I did it right. What? <laughs> I really wish you could do other songs as well as you just did that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if he that was gave a compliment. me a compliment. You can't give me a compliment, John Dawson. You sang that awful song perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, you're gonna like our next artist, man. Here, I'll turn I, I up on Brian. This is awful. <laughs> Let's move on. Hold on. It's still awful. <laughs> Come, yeah. <laughs> Man, you talk about going to do two different sides of the spectrum here. Here you go. Let's let's do this. Feel the earth move under my feet by Carol King. Now this is music, right? Yes. <laughs> I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the sky come moving down. One of the biggest albums of the seventies. Tapestry. That's right. Carol King, very talented, right? Yeah, she wrote a lot of songs in the sixties that were hits for she. I think she co-wrote Locomotion at Little Eva that Liv Kinston did, yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? But Carol King I, I, then. And, oh, go ahead. I think Little Eva was the babysitter, and they got her to sing the demo, and she ended up just singing the real one, something like that. That's so awesome. But very talented. What, what other song? This is a good song. Yeah. That's you got a friend. That's a good song. This is a good song. Okay, so just leave it. Yeah. yeah. But it's your guess now. You are up one to nothing. Carol King, how old is she today? 77. He says 77. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 78. She was born February 9th, 19 and 42. So she is 81 today. Ah. So congratulations, uh, Jonathan Massey. You get it. It's one to one. Next up here on the show, he is promised. Oh, I guess I need to pot this down then, don't I? Yes. Yeah. And we're going way too fast. We're already two birthdays in. We're only what seven. What did you minutes say to us time? before we started recording? I know, but the way time works, <laughs> it's I a flat know. circle, John. Yeah, it <laughs> is a flat circle. That's for sure. Uh, he's promised to come on this show several times, and I got another text message from him earlier this week that he is going to be on. He's arguably the greatest point guard in the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and obviously for the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. He was the architect of the Four Corners offense. It's oh, Phil Ford. Phil Ford. I thought Dean Smith was the architect. Well, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. How about he was the – okay, if – I agree. He Dean was the test pilot for it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But Phil Ford. Should my feelings be hurt that he's put me off twice now, but uh, he's eventually going to come on? I really feel like he's going to. Well, how many other people have done that to you that ended up coming on the show? I'm, I'm honestly asking. I don't know. Uh, I would say if he if he bumps you up, if he 
What? He, no, he's doing zero. He was saying zero. Um, I would say if he stands you up a third time, you then know, just give up. Well, I was gonna say let him have it, but that's good. Whatever no, you want. I'm do. not gonna do that. He's he's a he's a beloved Rocky Mountain. Mountain. I know, but if you say you're going to do something. I agree. I agree. I mean, and I'm a Tar Heel guy. I'm just saying. If he says he's going to come on the show, then come on the show. Yeah. Feel for It's either. He's got that dealership to worry about. This is their busy season with the new cars coming in. It's either come on the show or get the Dr. Phil treatment. (laughs) (laughs) Could could we we get Dr. Phil to interview him? I had a, 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 a police officer walk up to me the other day. And he said, Dr. Phil, man, and just shook his head and laughed and walked on. That's awesome. Uh, Jason Bryant didn't like it. No, he's a big Duke guy. So So even though it's funny. Oh, it was funny. He was Mm. tongue-in-cheeky saying, you know, was tell – I think he even said, tell John I didn't like it. So I can take one of his interviews and I'll Dr. Phil him. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) let's do it. I don't know. They could keep me from getting paid. I better watch that. <laughs> That's true, too. That's yeah. true, too. So, anyway, Phil Ford over there, Jonathan Massey. How old is the greatest point guard in the history of the ACC? And I still believe that. I really do believe that. I mean, he was, when you talk to the old heads, I don't really remember seeing him play. But, I mean, the the guy, I saw him play some in the NBA. And it's weird. The film from that era is horrible. But then you'll see film from 10 years before in black and white that looks perfect. Something about that film stocking during that time was not yep. great. I agree with that. Phil Ford. 64. You say 64. What about you over there, Dizzle? 65. <laughs> Sound like you were about to cry. No. Oh, didn't it? He went 65. All right, I was stifling a burp. Y'all happy now? <laughs> okay. <Jeez. yeah. laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know you were stifling a burp. This is what I heard. 65. Okay. Okay. No, he was born February 9th, 1956. So he is 67. So congratulations, John Dawson. You take a two to one lead. It goes to you. He's one of the great actors of our time. I really believe so. I discovered him on TV's Friday Night Lights, not on the movie version of Friday Night Lights, but he's been in Creed and a bunch of other great stuff. It's. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Have you seen the commercial? Have you seen Creed? Nope. No desire or. Not really. I, I wasn't a huge. I, I liked Rocky okay, but it. That yeah, dude, this is so. And I've only seen like two of the Rockies and portions of two of the Rockies. This is so much better. It is so much better. I saw the first Creed. Now I need to see the second Creed because this, the previews for Creed 3 have me just. I can't wait. I want to see Creed 3. It looks really, really good. Oh, uh, you even have any idea in the world what we're talking about, John Dawson? I'm assuming it's a Rocky spinoff. Yeah, it is. And the first one was amazing. And I don't know why I never got around to seeing the second one, but uh, but I'm going to, and then we're going to go see Creed. I mean, I like the original Credence when John Fogarty was there. No. No, I'm not hitting the button. No. <laughs> no! <laughs> What'd you do? I don't know. I think you double hit it. Here, here I'll do it for you. Hey. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> what you get for trying to double tap? Flying too close to the sun. You flew too close to the sun. Uh, do you know who Michael B. Jordan is? No. Did you see uh, Black Panther? He was a bad guy in the first Black Killmonger. Panther. Killmonger. Killmonger. No. No. My guess. It is your guess, sir. And you're ahead two to one. And it's tied up three days to three. I should have told everybody that, too. 34. You say 34. Respectable guess. Very respectable. Jonathan Massey. <clears throat> 35. He was born February 9th, 1987. 
So he's 36 today. So ah. Congratulations, John that Dawson. That That's what I said. That was respectable. That was very respectable. Yeah. Was that a decent hint? Yes. At least, okay. Yes. Yeah. So it's tied two to two. It goes here to the last one. And, uh, man, he's just such a great actor. And I just saw him, uh, Linda and I, over the weekend. <clears throat> she had never seen JFK. I don't know if you guys heard me and Tony Sears last mm. week talking about JFK and just yeah, the assassination. Just you know, couldn't enough of that one. <laughs> anyway... Uh, Man, he was in JFK. He's been in a thousand other movies. And I won't, I think you guys have an impression of him. It goes to you, Jonathan Massey. Joe Pesci. Oh. Don't you have that, a Joe Pesci or is it <clears throat> you that? Not me. Really? Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Joe Pesci in JFK was a man. I had forgot. I haven't seen JFK in probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Linda and I sat and watched it from stern to bow. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a. I forgot how good that movie is. When's the last time you saw it? Because I know you've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times, and the thing, it's a great movie. It's only probably 30% accurate, but it's a great they, movie. It's about 80% accurate. Mm. Dude, the whole, <laughs> and I did a little deep dive just to. Because the guy who's the hero in that in real life, everybody thought was a kook. The guy well, that Kevin maybe, Costner played. Maybe the government tried to make oh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying the government I mean if you're out there telling the truth about stuff John Dawson the government is going to try to mess with you I'm, I'm pretty sure you know who you sound like right now who? Who? I'll say when we get off air because this is not going to end well oh. um, anyway I'm pretty sure that the mafia had something to pay a pig and that you know Kennedy got into office crookedly because his father bought him votes <coughs> to the mob and they were supposed to get the Get Castro. Reciprocate. They were supposed to get Castro out of their casinos in Cuba and the Bay. I'm pretty sure the mafia had a hand in it, but I'd say it was about eighty percent. The big thing to me, and if you've not, have you seen JFK? I haven't. Oh, dude, you really need tell him. It's a good movie. Now, like John said, you got to bear in mind the whole Mister X thing in the middle of the movie when he goes to Washington D.C. That was that was made up. That was made up. I mean, that was... I think the Irishman thing had a lot... The story about the JFK and the how the weapons got down there and all that stuff was yeah. closer. It, uh... That bothered me. That bothers me that... I mean, and they try to... But it ties up a bunch of things using the JFK... Or, I mean, uh, using the Washington trip with Mr. X. Mm-hmm. It ties a lot of loose ends, and that's what he was trying to do. I'm talking about Oliver Stone, I guess that's what it he was. It was a trying. theatrical device, but he, I mean, he, I think he said at the time that that part was fiction to make the movie work. Yeah. Which, you know. Exactly. What a great movie, though. And Linda really liked it. She really did. She got into it. She asked it's a lot. Of, it has a lot of momentum. Yeah. It never lets up. It's so good. Dude, you would really like it. And it's got so, I forgot. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, you know, he's in it. He has mm-hmm. a pretty prominent part in it. Of course, Kevin Costner. Sissy Spacek is in it. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, John Candy yeah. was in it. Remember, John? I mean, dude, it, it's a There's probably 20 actors and actresses that you've heard. I don't know how Oliver Stone got all those people. Well, I'm sure it was Buddy. Well, they but. knew it would be a big movie and a, high, a prestige kind of thing. But, man, Joe Pesci was just... I mean, uh, who was the guy that was uh, Archie Bunker? What was his name? Carol O'Connor. Okay, it wasn't Carol O'Connor. Uh, but there were just a lot of great actors mm-hmm. in it. Uh, who was the two grumpy old men? 
Jack Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon's in it. Mm-hmm. Jack Lemon's in it. I mean, I'm telling you. And I mean, for little bit parts, he's got these big star actors that have like like John Candy's part. He appears in two scenes. Well, that's a way to bring gravitas to every part. You're like, oh, this is a major, <laughs> and you remember it, you know. Yeah, and John Candy is I mean, plays a serious part. I mean, it's not one bit comical. I mean, he. It, it made me at the time think, man, John Candy could be a serious actor. Well, Randy Quaid played LBJ in a movie. Straight, wow. straight serious role. So. That's crazy. But uh, Joe Pesci. Okay, we're talking about JFK. Your favorite Joe Pesci parts, both of you. I mean, obviously. Uh, Goodfellas. Uh, Goodfellas. Uh, <coughs> Goodfellas, Casino, and The Irishman. I like all three of those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Goodfellas, obviously. Yeah. The Irishman's a newer one that I, I really enjoy. And uh, My Cousin Vinny. He was awesome to My Cousin Vinny. That's right. So, so is Marissa Tomei. I actually liked him. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you this. I have found something out. Where you? Go ahead. Say. I was just going to say, I also thought he was funny in Lethal Weapon 29 or whichever one he was in. He was in like three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was good in all those, too. Breaking news. Can you put a breaking news thing under this? Sure. Why would I need to do it if you're doing it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Breaking news. Linda Winnington hates your your growl. Guts. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Believable. She hates the growl. Huh. For whatever reason, the other day we were talking about, we're dri- I'm driving along and we're talking about it, and I was like, just giggling about you doing your, do it. <laughs> what's, the, what's not the lie? I don't know. Should we get her in here and ask no, her? No, okay. No. Maybe in a future birthday game we'll do that. We'll get her on and it's ask her. It's probably because you prompt me to do it <laughs> while you're while you're drooling over. Uh... If she heard half the stuff I cut out that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, uh, I've got a file. Just let me know and I'll give you the link. There you go. Hey. <laughs> but she does. She hates your growl. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's so funny every time he does it's it. It's like a Roy Orbison trip. <clears throat> like a pretty woman. I, I don't think it's. So, yeah, I don't think it's the growl she hates. I think it's what it represents. Uh, the objectification uh, of women. We would never do that on this show. We constantly do it on this show. <laughs> you two constantly do it. <laughs> there you go. You do it, but you just do it silently because you're smart. Like I say, you two do it. <laughs> there you go. Joe Pesci It's tied two to two. How old is he today over there, Jonathan Massey? 82. You say 82. What about you over there, Dizzle? 83. Oh, come on, man. He was born February 9th, 1943. He's 80 today. He is only 80. You know, people are groaning all around the eastern North Carolina area right now. Oh, Ricky Gervais called uh, Joe Pesci Baby Yoda uh, Golden Globes one year. Did he really? That's awesome, but uh, 80 years old. So congratulations, Jonathan Massey. You win again. You're up four days to three now as we go into tomorrow. This is the guy who bypassed guitar player from the Kinks' birthday and like 19 other musicians last week. Yeah, that's probably true. So uh, you win three to two. Hey, local birthdays, uh, one of the best, I got to tell you. Uh, one of the best reporters I ever hired in my time at the Kenston Daily Free Press, uh, Wes Brown. Today is his birthday. Uh, Bruce Parson, today is his birthday. I believe he's still out at LCC. One of my favorite people I read. I think you were a fan of him too. John Hood. Remember we had him on the we had him on the Free Press Radio Show one time. He's a libertarian uh, columnist. Uh, I got him. Uh, I, I I got you see him on News News, but I got him hooked up to come on uh, uh, to give us uh, his columns free 
for News News, but John Hood is just amazing. Sharon Cantor, today is her birthday. Scott Eldon, today is his birthday. And also Kendall Huffman, who I serve with on the Parks and Rec Commission, just a heck of a guy. So if today is your birthday, like Kendall Huffman, Scott Eldon, Sharon Cantor, John Hood, Bruce Parson, Wes Brown, and all these other great birthdays, have a great birthday. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday on the birthday game presented by Goeco Office Automation. And man, what a lot. Of, man, what a lot. A lot of great birthdays today. Uh, so uh, thank you again to Jacques Paslay, Goeco Office Automation. Thank you to Shane Aubie for joining us here in the, our first hour. Coming up in hour two of the Brian Hanks Show, Corey Povar from the Kensington Lenore County Parks and Recreation Department on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.